0: You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys, Tim Takas, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takas McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 93 of the Aging Starts Now podcast. I'm Chris Johnson, partner and attorney here at Us McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today we are talking about VA disability benefits and how to apply for those benefits. Joining me for the discussion is Stephanie Boyd and Jessica Bellew Robinson with the Center for Elder Veterans Rights. Welcome, Stephanie. Welcome, Jessica. It's so good to have you guys here.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: So why don't we get started, uh, and why don't you guys tell us a little bit about what is the Center for Elder Veterans Rights?
2: The Center for Elder Veterans Rights uh, began in 2009. We're a nationwide independent law firm under the direction of Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Uh, We have a VA-accredited attorney on staff. Uh, CFEVR is what typically a lot of people call us. Uh, Just as uh, an acronym, Uh, we are solely focused on assisting elderly and disabled veterans and their families to access disability entitlements administered under Title 38 of the United States Code through the Veterans Administration.
1: Very good. And uh, there are a lot of veterans out there who are eligible for these benefits and, and just simply unaware that they're out there or they don't know how to get started. And so having a service out there that can help them navigate through what can be a very Byzantine and sometimes frustrating process uh, certainly makes a big difference in their lives. The uh, So why don't we talk about the different services that you guys provide?
3: We provide assistance with obtaining VA disability benefits for veterans and their surviving spouses. We provide two important client services, which starts with the thorough pre-filing consultation where we will go over all the evidence and details to make sure that they do qualify. And if we have a positive case moving forward, we will complete BA representation for the rest of their life
1: that's fantastic and I think a lot of people don't quite understand what a what a gift that is to the clients because <clears throat> the VA will send out letters from time to time in fact we're in the season right now with the cost of living adjustments occurring with Social Security and it changes the math on uh, maybe how much benefit how, how big a benefit the veteran or the veterans spouse is eligible for and so they get these letters and it's scary and so to have a resource that they can reach out to and say help me, I'm not sure what to do with this letter, it makes a, a big, big difference. So the uh, I think that talks a little bit about the lifelong service. Uh, tell us, why, why aren't these applications one and done? I, I gave one example with the COLA, and I think I, I jumped ahead a little bit. But tell us the other the other things that can happen where people are going to need to reach back out to you and be a lifelong client.
2: Well, as we all know, you know, in life... There's always going to be something that changes. And like with our clients, if they want to change their in-home care provider, if they want to move to a different facility, if they need, uh, like if they're living in an independent facility initially and then their health starts declining and they need to move on into an assisted living facility or a memory care facility, all of that has to be updated with the VA. And if you do not update those things with the VA, it can mess a lot of things up for the claimant. Um, if the VA gets wind of them having moved or having changed something, they will typically kick, kick out a letter and say, hey, we, we see that you don't live here anymore or you're not receiving this kind of care anymore. So guess what? You owe us all of this money back. And of course that gets everyone upset. And you know, if they had just contacted us, When they moved or made that change, then we could have notified the VA up front so that, you know, everything just kept flowing along smoothly so that nothing, you know, ever came up and there weren't any discontinuance of benefits, etc.,
1: that's right, because it, and a lot of people don't realize that there is a responsibility of the claimant to keep the VA informed, to keep them abreast of what's going on, uh, because changes in circumstances can change the uh, eligibility rights and change your access to these benefits. And we all know it's it is there's a pot of money there, and it needs to be the VA needs to be good stewards of that money because it's VA t- it's taxpayer dollars which funds the VA. VA, and so they need to make sure they're getting it to the people who need it the most and not someone who maybe needed it for a temporary period of time, and then all of a sudden they no longer need it. Well, the VA needs to know that so they can turn off that spigot and make sure they're turning on other spigots. So that is exceedingly important and a good lesson for people out there who are listening and dealing with the VA. You need to keep them informed. You need to keep them uh, informed of all the information and all the issues surrounding your application because it's kind of a continuous thing between a continuous relationship between you and the VA. So correct people reach out to you uh, and they reach out to us because we're professionals. As you noted, I'm a VA accredited attorney. Tim and Barbara here are VA accredited attorneys. Um, there's training, there's continuing legal education, uh, there's initial training, and then continuing legal education that you have to proactively report to the VA in order to maintain that accreditation uh, so that you can do this professionally. What Why does it make a difference? For the person who's sitting at home and go, well, I've got Google and you can figure out how to do anything on Google, why should they bring in a professional instead of trying to give give it a go themselves?
3: Absolutely. They should seek out a professional instead of doing it alone because we're experts at what we do with moving forward, meaning that we know exactly what the Veterans Administration is looking for on the front end of the process. So we're going to make sure that they have a fully developed claim submitted to help, of course, with the turnaround process. But initially, with dealing with the VA on your own, if there is just one initial holdup, that could cause a delay on your claim for many, many months or even a denial. So to reach out with a professional knowledge, we ensure everything is submitted initially to them.
1: And that's what I affectionately refer to, Jessica, as the spin cycle, where you don't submit a fully developed claim, and some people might not even know what that is, and that's where you submit with everything up front. You have all your ducks in a row you know everything the VA is going to ask for and it's given to them in the way they want it because the VA is a giant bureaucracy and they have their way of doing things. And even if you're submitting the correct information and they should accept it, sometimes you don't submit it in the right way or sometimes you use the wrong form because I know one of the forms has four pages of instructions and we're talking instructions written in like nine or ten point font. And it's so it is single space, just tons of, Uh, instructions. And I know I've had personal experience where I had a VA form kick back to me And they said, I filled out the form wrong. And I had to inform the VA. I said, read your own instruction sheet. It says, you know, page two, bullet point three, that I can do it exactly the way I did it. And I sent it back to them. And of course, they accepted it. But sometimes the VA doesn't even know their own rules. And so you could have done something right as an individual, sent it in, and the VA said it's wrong. And now you're really confused because you're like, well, am I wrong? Did I misread this? And when you have a professional who sees these things day in and day out, it can help you know when to push back against the VA and when to say, okay, no, the VA's got a valid point here and we we need to adjust and deal with this. The VA has, I mean, I think, Jessica, you can agree with me, They, they like things a certain way, don't they?
3: Absolutely. They're away'
1: no way That's right and if you and you just you make it so much easier on the VA because remember they're seeing tons of these applications every day and you can pound your fists and you know hit the desk and say, well, they shouldn't do it like this. but at the end of the day, if you just learn the way they want it and give it to them, hey, just avoid the the problems and the delay altogether because the only person who loses when this delay happens is the claimant because this is someone, there's a financial need to these benefits and this is someone who obviously needs access to these and when you delay it, you're hurting them, and so you just don't want to let that happen. So, uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell me? So we know we need a professional. We know there are local VSOs out there. What? What? Why would going to you vice going to a local VSO be an improvement?
2: I think VSOs they do they do really good jobs, and they they do work for the government, and. Um, a lot of times, I, I think, unless you find a really good one, I feel like they are kind of paper pushers. I don't, know, I don't know if that's the right word, but a lot of times they will just take an application, don't really thoroughly go through it to see, hey, are you eligible or are you not? But we're going to go ahead and submit this application, and then weeks or months can go by, and you, the claimant will get a denial letter, and they don't know why. That You know, they don't know what's going on. They thought they were eligible. We have a lot. We've heard a lot of tales about issues like this from VSOs that um, they will just accept the application. They don't really go over anything. Just like, hey, we'll take the application and move it along. And um, ultimately, they don't qualify. Or maybe they, they do, but they didn't submit it correctly. So, again, it's like we were just speaking on how... We do this on a daily basis, so we know everything that the VA is looking for. and
1: yeah. <laughs> the, the, Well, and I think you nailed it. The VSOs, they, they they will tell with you, and they'll be very blunt. I think they have two things they're dealing with that uh, you know people who do this in the private sector aren't dealing with. Number one, it's not their role. Uh, to tell someone they're eligible or ineligible. Now, some go above and beyond and do that. There are some, as you know, to 70, there are some very wonderful VSOs out there. I have a couple of good friends who are VSOs. um, And they will tell you, they try and, go that extra mile, um, but they've also shared with me that there there are some that they, they jokingly refer to it as the smile and file. Someone comes and says, I'd like to apply for VA benefits, and they kind of know this person isn't eligible, but the person wants to apply, and so they just smile, take the documents and file. And like you said, that leaves the claimant frustrated because they don't really understand why they're not qualified, and that can be frustrating um, because they don't understand that it's not really the VSO's role. Um, to look, determine their eligibility. They say, listen, we're happy to send it to the VA and let the VA determine the eligibility. Uh, And I I understand why, because that comes to the second part of the equation is, and that is they are government employees, which means they're there to serve the entire veteran population in what typically they're done by county. And that can be overwhelming and kind of like the VA. And I, I, I always tell people, the VA is a wonderful organization, but it has two things going Against it, which has um, been part of the cause for it having been in the news recently, and that is, it is way over mandated and way understaffed for the mandates, and the VSOs kind of fall under the same realm. You're there to help every veteran. Well, in some counties, that can be very overwhelming when they have one veteran service officer, and so they are doing the very best they can, but. They, have, they are a limited resource. They have a finite amount of time each day to help these veterans. Um, some veterans can't come to their office. I know a lot of VSOs that travel to veterans' homes, which I think really, again, goes above and beyond. But there's only so much of them to go around. And so they have to limit things as well, and that can make it tough. All right. So, Jessica, when people are looking for assistance, when they're deciding, hey, I think I might be eligible for something, what should they be looking for? What should they be looking for in order to reach out to the right person?
3: They should seek out a VA-accredited attorney and, of course, our staff here for assistance as we are duty-bound to go over all the qualifications required with this benefit. So the best thing is we're going to go over all of the information and let them know right up front if they do qualify because we're not going to have any families hopes being given up on someone that does not qualify. It only hurts the veterans and their families in the long run, plus it does not look good for any does not look good for us either. We pride ourselves in
1: our integrity. Yep. And that's exactly it. And the planning, the the other thing people don't realize is, so there's a hard cap roughly right now. It's just a little over $130,000 in liquid resources. And if someone came and they went to the local VSO, and let's say they have $136,000 in the bank, and they apply and they get denied because they're over the resource limit, they may never apply again, not understanding why, why. Or just be frustrated and not understand, well, have they just spent a little bit of that money uh, or waited a month to apply and make it easier? And so when they come to someone like the Center for Elder Veterans Rights and they can look proactively at their situation and not instead of doing what I call the snapshot where you just take a picture and say, "Okay, this is where you're at right now. We're going to apply for you. But to look at it and say, you know what, you're not eligible now. But here's your path to eligibility, you're actually not that far away. And we don't want you to walk away thinking you're never going to be eligible. And so I think all of those things make a big difference. well, I think this is a good time to share that you know the Center for Elder Veterans Rights is now part of the Takes McGuinness McGinnis Elder Care Law family. We're very, very honored to have them as part of our family um, because it allows us to do more good in the community. And uh, Jessica and Stephanie both know we have uh, been very happy to have them. They're actually under the same roof with us. Uh, do you guys have any last words you want to say uh, about the work that you do in, in helping the veterans?
2: I know. I, I. This is Stephanie. I love what I do every day. I love being able to help all of our families, and they. They really do become like our our personal family. A lot of us we, they, we really they become our grandparents, our aunts and uncles. So it's it's fun following them them along in their life, and we get really close. So it, it's it's really a really fun, heartwarming thing for me personally, and I know Jessica feels the same.
3: I agree. That's the best benefit is. Being able to help these families, they know moving forward what is available, they can try to plan long term for their loved ones, and just being able to adopt a few grannies through the process too has been the best.
1: (laughs) It really is. One of the favorite things when I first came uh, and and met you guys for the first time in your office, and there was that shadow box of the naval uniform, and you guys shared with me that that was a gift from one of your uh, client's families, uh, and that was the uniform that they wore in their service. Uh, People, you just can't overstate the impact that this has on the lives for people who need it. It really uh, can make them go from their care needs not being met to having that security, that security that they're going to be cared for, that they have the resources to pay for the appropriate care. And I always like to say these are earned benefits. These are benefits that by, uh, because not even every veteran is eligible when we're talking about the non-service connected pension. You had to serve in a wartime period. And when people talk about these benefits, I say listen, you earned them. There were a lot of hardships you endured during your time in service. And this is one of those benefits that comes along on the back end. Uh, And you should make sure when you need it, you should take advantage of it because we we owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans and in in a a small way, making sure that they are cared for. I think that is actually a very big way we can say thank you. So Jessica, Stephanie, thank you guys so much for joining us. Again, I think you guys know how excited we are to have you both as a part of the team. That's going to be it today uh, for today's episodes. Everyone out there, thank you for listening. Tagus McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.